0: Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to
1: choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started.
0: This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more.
2: Well, as you hear that silence drop off, you know it's time for the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. Always, almost always, right here in lovely Sherrard, Illinois, 1600, Buck Slayer Place. We are in the Buckatorium. I am Steve right here on the mic. Kurt and Eric are right in this room with me, and I could not be happier to see both of you guys, man. This is a good week.
0: What's going on? Well, not much. Another day in the studio. No.
2: Dude, it's a, a podcast to go. This studio is starting to come together, man. There's like, a, yeah, I remember when we first started. You know, it was like lawn chairs and stuff, and now like it's getting <laughs> filled up with this super <laughs> cool stuff. The there's a mini fridge. The, the fu- there's
0: no more DVD collection in here. The funny
4: thing is, when we first started, we thought it was pretty nice. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> like, oh, <it> <laughs> this is pretty
0: cool, you know. Well, it slowly <laughs> morphed into like what it is. It's funny when people come in, because I mean, they're 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 either thinking like, look at this shithole, or they're like, well, this is kind of neat. Well, this uh, is kind of neat. Oh, neat. That's, that's neat. That's neat. <laughs> hey, you can tell it's neat by the way it is. So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of funny. But, I don't know. We got stuff all over on the walls. It's coming together slowly. Got some a Lindsay Way sticker over here. We all got Lindsay Way hats on.
4: We're to do a tour sometime in here, like a short little video. Yeah,
0: it'd be real short. It'd be like 35 seconds. <laughs> but, I mean, it's better <laughs> than that's
4: right? extent. That's
2: the director's cut, too.
0: Um, thanks for tuning in, guys. WorkingClassBowHunter.com you can find all the episodes um it's going to get an update soon hopefully a store will be up there um we're going to we'll come see. out with some events soon we're in the middle of planning the i don't know the fourth annual working class bow hunter shoot in the spring yep, yep. I mean
2: it's really only the second annual but the fourth one it, right. you know what well, I mean? we did
0: a few um last episode we did we did the uh we did a drawing, or a, uh, what do we do? Like guess Steve's weight for the yeah. hell of it, <laughs> and then tell us your goals for the season. Some of you got blocked on Instagram. Just know that. <laughs> and, uh, and we Lord. we picked a winner just now. Um, that was the closest guess. Um, C underscore plat sixty three on Instagram. He said, I, "You want me to put you on blast?" Yeah, Steve? go ahead. Put yeah, me on it. blast. Just yeah. do it. Two hundred and fifty pounds, and he said, "I need to get my butt out there and do some hunting." That was his goal. It kind of sounds was, like Steve's yeah,
2: goal yeah, so, too, you go know. Ahead. And he's he is actually the the closest. I'm I'm down to like two fifty. I was like two fifty two yesterday, and I actually I, I stood up and I I watched people work today, so I probably burned like ten million calories. So,
0: moving on. Uh, the episode today is brought to you by HHA Sports. Badlands Packs and Smith's Custom Meats and Deer Processing—they are crazy busy right now, and uh, we're hoping to give them some uh, serious business here in the next few weeks with uh, some big Iowa and Illinois whitetails. I can, Absolutely. you know,
2: I'm, I'm really hoping I get to see Scott because then that means I get to uh, see a steak and a nice glass of whiskey.
0: All right, well, maybe it's the bet me and Steve got going. I don't remember. The bet is if I get a deer before you, you have to buy beer or something. Yeah,
2: for the two podcasts, but if I. oh, no, for
0: the rest of the year, ain't it?
2: No, it's for like two podcasts, but. It's like five. I don't know. I don't remember. It was something like Here's that. Here's the
0: thing, though. Like We're going to start getting into a weird situation because another week. I mean, I know Dudley, we talked about shooting does early, but I mm-hmm. got to get some meat. The thing is, it's like another week or so, I'm going to be done shooting does. For a while, you know yeah. what I mean. So no, it's like that. Then you got prime opportunity to strike. So take advantage of that if you can.
2: Oh, I'm gonna, dude. I'm telling but, you, man. I I see a spike buck down for the count, son. <laughs> <laughs> I, tell, I gotta tell you, man. I gotta get that steak and I gotta get some meat in the freezer. I'm not
0: saying that if a big old nanny comes in at ten yards and she starts to get a little sketchy, think something's up. I might have to. What, what do they say? Throw a meat missile at her. You know yeah, a meat. <laughs> that's old T-bone of a meat <laughs> missile. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Only time will tell. Maybe neither one of us will kill anything, and that would suck. Yeah, I would, would say
4: though, this weekend is—it's uh, like getting ready for ramp up to go time. It
2: was eighty-seven degrees and humid on Monday, yeah. and it's like it's
4: chilly like 50, today. It's, it was like a high of like fifty-five today. It's good.
0: It's good. <sighs> Crazy. It a lot. Today on the episode, we're really excited. We have we have Jeff Lindsay on the podcast, which is awesome. Yeah, uh, we got,
2: we got the old man out of the way. Now we're gonna get the young bull from from the Lindsay <laughs> way. From the yeah, Lindsay, from Lindsay way, the,
0: we had David Lindsay on. Um, I don't know, so I don't remember what episode it was. Several episodes <laughs> yeah. ago. Um, so it's only right and uh, to have Jeff on and let mm-hmm. him explain him his side of the story. But uh, no, they're awesome guys, and uh, we'll get Jeff on here and pick his brain a little bit and hopefully see what, he what he's got to say. Yeah see what he's like. So, thanks for listening, guys. Well,
2: hold on. But we got to do something. We Ooh. always uh Oh, no, I didn't forget. Um, you almost cut him horrible off. Horrible timing I though. I think yeah. You, yeah. Almost cu- yeah, I you know. you should have came in way
4: uh, before uh, that. Uh,
2: no, I, we, were, we were on a roll and um, you know, we couldn't uh, we couldn't do this podcast without uh, without our vets. And we want you to check out uh, Dark Horse Lodge. Uh, it's a peaceful retreat for combat veterans. Um, you know, we want, we want to get those guys on and get some more information, but go check them out darkhorselodge.org. You can donate to them. Uh check them out on Facebook. Email them. It's all going to be on that website. And if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, go to smile.amazon.com. Select those guys. And, you know, if you're going to buy dish soap on Amazon, man, you might you might as well let a little bit of that go to combat vets. So um check that out. We're going to get rolling into this episode and uh, we'll see you on the other side.
0: Thanks for listening, guys. Jeff Lindsay.
2: All right, and uh on the phone, we've got the the Jeff Lindsay from the Lindsay way. Like I said earlier, we've already had David. You know, we got the old bull out of there. Now time to get some uh the new bull. <laughs> I guess I don't know, the young bull. <laughs> What's going on, Jeff?
3: Hey man, how you guys doing?
4: Awesome. Not
2: bad, not bad, man. We got a it's a little colder, but man, hey for deer hunters, that is what you want, man. It's nice and chilly. So, can't complain.
3: It is next couple of days are going to be really good. I hope everybody's going to be able to get in the tree.
2: Or ground blind, depends on what you guys do. We're not leaving anybody out.
3: <laughs> That's right, yeah. Ground blind, you know. Whatever it is.
0: Man, you guys are having good success. It looked like David right after we did the episode with him, he killed a, a real nice buck.
3: He did, Nate. That was the second biggest buck with a bow, so I'm hoping that uh that was some kind of, you know, good luck mojo you guys rubbed off on him. So I'm I'm counting on this conversation right here, this podcast
1: you're, uh you're- yeah, light the
3: same
0: thing. you're next in line to kill a big one. You know, there. we say that. I don't know if you've heard us joke about that. We always say the podcast brings our guests good luck. Um, so, like, our buddy Michael Pitts is like, man, I got I to get back on there so I can uh, kill me a big whitetail this year. <laughs> but uh, if you – I hope so. After this episode, if you kill a big buck, I mean, there better be a shout-out in there somewhere for yeah, us. It, you know,
1: it's- yeah, I do it. That
3: That's definitely – your guys' are the fault. So, and if I don't kill, it may work the other way around as well, though. Hey, yeah, <laughs> yes. now,
2: that's the other way. I'll tell you what, it's not just not just in the deer woods. I'm telling you, man, you know, if uh, we've talked to people and then a week later they got engaged, you know, and it's just anything can happen, you know, but we're hoping you put down a, uh, we're hoping you put yeah, down
1: a...
3: Yeah, I hope they're not getting engaged. I'll be in trouble. If I get engaged We we got problems (laughs) Well
2: let's Let's hope you get engaged In a big whitetail But I mean it is uh, You know it's a Time of year It's very controversial You know everybody talks about The October lull And you know what uh, What what is going through Jeff Lindsay's head right now How are you going out Into the whitetail woods
3: The October lull You know in my opinion This is my theory On the October lull Out there you know, I've I've been pretty lucky to kill some decent deer mid-October, some of my best deer. But you got most of your Midwest season opening up, you know, into September, 1st of October. Well, everybody goes out the first week or two and burns out all their good spot. And then you're really not going to get any
1: significant
3: cold fronts until they, they kind of coincide with a rut. If you do get some in October, it can be very deadly. But you got everybody burning out their spots. You always got a week or two long heat streak like what we're in now. So it's been dubbed as the October lull, and and I think it keeps a lot of people out of the woods because Mm -hmm. in my, like, this cold front we're about to get, we're getting, you know, tomorrow, we're getting a little bit of it today, tomorrow, and and for some states, Saturday. It can be as good a time all year to kill a big buck, in my opinion. You know where your deer are. They're not wondering like they are in the rut. They will be next month. Um, They're going to be hitting food sources. They're going to be a little spunky in the morning i you know a lot of people say don't don't go to your good spots in the rut but if you got a spot you know with some acorns, or you think you know a buck might be cruising late back to bed you know Mm
1: -hmm. this
3: weekend this weekend's that spot and there are very few times i will ever say that but but the way the weather is lining in the midwest right now it's it's pretty dang good
0: see it's interesting to hear that because some guys are like stay out of the timber and then some guys say exactly what you said and it's so it's it's good hearing that, because um, guys that are working class uh, men and women have um, just not a lot of time to get out to the woods a lot. So it's like, when do you go? When do you not go?
3: So it's yeah, any- don't do anything crazy, you know. But yeah, I mean, it's it, you may not be able to hunt when the rut's in full swing, or the weekend you may be able to hunt in November. It, it's hot, so well, this weekend's good. Go for it.
0: Absolutely. Awesome, that's good to hear. I think we'll all be out this weekend. Yep. All of us will be. And that's Steve kind of brought up the question I was wanting to get into is just if you could go into a little bit of detail um, to describe how you've been successful in October or early season um, on whitetails. I mean, what would be the main thing you usually look for to get on a mature deer early or maybe some of the details that David did to get on that big buck that he shot um, a couple of weeks ago?
3: Well, you know, first and foremost, you know, we, we're low pressure hunters. We, we only hunt stands on the right wind. When we go in there, we are as scent free as possible. Um, and also a big factor is, you know, not only the weather, but um, what I lost my train of thought here. How's that talking about is, is our cameras. Our cameras, you know, I'd say hunting smarts, low pressure deer is number one. And then our cameras just we rely on them so much. We're we're trying to check them every couple of days. Or, you know, you know about what bucks, just based on where you've been getting the pictures all summer. You know kind of what fields they're hitting, what fields they like. And that deer, he killed strychnine. Perfect case in point, you know. I, I jumped that deer in that field in the grass, and some CRP grass this summer. And I did a, a jumping there last year. I knew he lived there. So we designed this food plot up against the timber that we could, you know, put a, a – a kind of a, a, a ground blind up on a little elevated platform out in the middle of this grass right by this food plot because there was no trees and it was really our only way to hunt him and and he just waited on the right front and went in there and you know you can look at the moon a lot of people put a lot of stock in the moon um mm-hmm. I, I like horizon moon uh i, I kind of I, my second favorite is the, the dark of the moon but weather to me trumps everything you know it's all about these cold fronts it's all about you know, getting in there, hunting smart, right before the front, right after the front or, or during it. And usually, you know, in October, that, that can only be maybe one day and maybe two, two or three days, and, and typically it starts warming up again. It, it, you don't just get those, you know, week or two of just great cold weather hunting like you, you will later in the season.
0: Right, right. Well, it's good tips. I mean, I think that's really important, especially the wind. Um but I thought that was real interesting. You know, some people are real into the moon and what the moon's doing and all that. And uh I don't find myself getting too involved in that. So it's kinda interesting hearing um you say that. So it kinda makes me feel a little better about not being too involved <laughs> right. in putting all the right. stocking it's on the It's all
2: moon. sorcery, man, I'm telling you. That's just voodoo witchcraft, all the above. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is. Man.
1: <laughs> guy
3: sent me something today. Well this this moon this moon and, and the guy that does does it. He's an he's a oh, East Coast guy. I'm not going to mention his name. And <laughs> it, the theory just sounds it sounds great, um, and, and it, it works for him. It works in his area, but to just blanket that across the whole U.S., you know, I think that's not knowing what certain weather conditions are going to be everywhere. It just it, it you just can't follow it because you don't really, in my opinion, you don't know when the rut is in your year until it's over. Then you look back and you say, "Man, those three days are good." or or that week was better than the first week but and right. every time I looked that back and compare it with you know some of this moons and there's a lot of moon things out there and I'm just talking about one in particular so nobody can see the search but uh, the one that I had paid attention to a few years ago and it and it never was right because I was planning hunts around it you know I was I was all in on this and this guy and uh it, it never really never really worked for me so after that I was like you know what I'm not paying attention
2: to that stuff. Anymore. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's hard to judge the moon, you know, because the earth being as flat as it is, you know, the earth <laughs> is flat. That's, that's not up for discussion, but you can't really judge the moon. And I, I always get, you know, I always say this about those things, you know, it's, you know, cool if the moon phase works on your property, but who's not to say the property next to you, you know what I mean? And so, and it's always one of those things. It's like, ah, oh, the deer are going to be moving at this time. It's like, yeah, but they could be moving at that property and not mine. So it's just,
1: yeah, I, and you I know.
2: Think
3: the thing- different bucks differently you know i mean we're we're all the same we're out playing uh you know basketball one of us has a good night the other two they can't hit a shot you know and then the same the same thing for deer you know not every night's not the night you know so certain bucks the moon is maybe their thing i don't know it's just that's
1: kind of been always
3: my take on it deer are so much more like humans don't learn that every year that it's that it's scarier i guess or we're we're like them one or the other
0: yeah it is interesting i don't know i guess the moon's something I kinda look at last. I mean if all if if it's something where I'm sitting there looking at my I use the hunt stand app, it just helps with wind. You can see it's easy to just pull it up and see your hunting.
3: Yeah, we do too,
0: so it's one of those things it's like, where do I go? Well, I could go to this stand or this stand. Uh well, I got this I need to do at home. Um, they want to keep me at work this long, I can't go, and you try to make yourself feel better, and then at the very last thing I look at is the moon phase. Well, the moon says it's not going to be good anyway. So it's, I'm, it's, not going. <laughs> so, I'm not going. Yeah, it's fine if I have to stay and work overtime, or okay. Right. You know what I mean? It's one of those things It's like, I don't know, it's a last resort for me. Um, One of our buddies, shout out to our buddy Gene Miller, he's really big on moon phases. Huge. Wh- which is funny, uh, and we give each other crap about it. But it's just it's super interesting.
3: <laughs> and it probably worked for him. And I think if I paid more attention to it and, and documented it a little more, maybe I'd have some more success in it. But, you know, the the moon can be just perfect. And, well, maybe that day it's getting up to 70 degrees. And, and you go out and you see two yearlings, you know. So, then right. you're mad. And it's not really the moon's fault. It's just too hot.
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Maybe if you're after monster yearlings, I mean, hey, you know, that's your –
3: yeah they they eat good i'd
0: rather eat one of them than anything it's veal yeah um so jeff maybe you've already covered it a little bit um and some of the the question we asked you earlier but what tips could you give our listeners on approaching a late october hunt
3: late october hunt i've always kind of um, stayed out of my good spots or, or really just put a lot of stock in our rut not getting going good till about November And then you get it just real hard for 10 or 15 days. But if you can get that good cold snap late October, I'm talking about right right before Halloween. And, and the reason I started paying more attention to it is because I, I wouldn't really hunt these spots or I wouldn't hunt. I'd go to Illinois or something like that. And I'd get back home here to Iowa and I'd always look at my cameras and there was always one or two days were just about. The buck I had was on his feet during daylight. Whether he was freshening up was great. I had it on time lapse in a in a, in a food plot, and he came out and ate an eight hour before dark. So those bucks are are starting to look for that first doe, and they they know it's getting close. And and maybe there's a doe or two in. Sometimes that that does happen. But that that cool snap, which like I said earlier, it's only going to be two usually two or three days. But right there around Halloween or the 27th. That is just, looking back at my, you know, arconics images over the years, that has been not only magical, but that's that's been a a really, really good time as far as, and and, and it kind of goes in the back of what I said, where where the deer are still hitting those same certain food plots, or they're in those same certain areas, because, you know, you get to mid-November and the buck can be a mile or two away, um, chasing a doe or got distracted by another doe, but... Mm -hmm. I really like late October, and I know I said I liked mid-October earlier, but now that I'm thinking about it, I probably like late October a little better than mid-October. <laughs> and then I like November better than everything. Well, hey, you know, everybody it, does.
0: It makes sense. It's a, it's a stepping process as the season goes along. Well, you got
3: um, to
4: ease into it. You can't better. just go all balls to the wall right away, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I was going to ask you what your five top five favorite days to hunt were, but you, you sort of were getting the answer in it. But if you had to only say – Okay, Jeff. You only hunt five days this season for whatever reason. Hopefully, that never happens to you. But pick five days. You only get five days. What five days are they?
3: My first day is going to be November fifth. I had a a few years ago. I killed like a deer three years in the running on November fifth. My dad cured, killed dynamite last year on November fifth. That's my favorite day. Um, the second is probably going to be fifteenth, and then um, it just seems like the ever since I got on this big November 5th kick, I killed those two or three bucks and November 5th started really stinking for me. So then I was killing bucks around the 15th, 17th, 18th of November. So, you know, I like that October 27th for whatever reason, that day sticks out in my head. Um, November 5th, I used to like 5th through the 10th and now I, I probably like the 15th through the 20th better than, than anything. So yeah, I mean, In no certain order, you know, October 27th, November 5th, I like the 7th, and then probably the 15th and 17th, 18th. Is that five? I mean, that's that's close.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I always say, my dad and I always say, like the the 14th through the 17th are probably our favorite days. Um, So it's just kind of funny to hear. Well, everyone's different,
4: too. It's just kind of cool to see what days you, you really like. Mine's November 21st. It's my, right, that's my birthday, saying, guys. <laughs> you
3: know, you talk. Oh, your, it's your birthday.
2: Yeah, November twenty first is so. You ever
3: you know, killed a birthday buck? What's that? You ever killed a birthday? buck? No,
2: not yet. But I'll get an uh, opportunity to uh, hopefully because, like, the way that uh, Illinois gun season is, you know, kind of it depends on that weekend. Uh, so sometimes uh, archery season is like ends on the twentieth, or it's like the night. I I, can't, I think it's the nineteenth. So. I'll be able to bow hunt uh, this year on my birthday, so I'm excited. Right, it's
3: a flurter. It's gonna be a lot more deer getting killed. Yeah, uh, your gun season being earlier.
0: Yeah, you're the, your your birthday is a day after first firearm season in Illinois, so you're kind of you get the high pressure deer.
2: Yeah, but you know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I kill a deer on my birthday. I'm gonna be in jail. My birthday is March 12th, so <laughs> hey. I, won't, I won't do that unless I hit it with my truck. And I hope I don't do that.
4: I'm March 14th, so I guess I'd be in jail too.
1: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's
3: nothing to hunt early March, man. So we're just
4: shed hunting. That's about it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, if well, I can find a good shed.
0: Yep. Well, it's better than nothing. I, I guess I found a shed on my birthday. My birthday September 6th. and I was going in. I put a trail camera in. I don't know. A few years ago, when I walked up on an old shoot-up shed, it counted. It was a birthday gift for me. I counted it. Um, I guess it'd be possible for me to go. I could kill an elk on my birthday. Hey, yeah. Maybe I should go for that next year. We'll Speaking see. Speaking of
2: killing elks, Jeff, what did you do earlier this year?
3: Yeah, I shot a. I shot a good elk, man. I went. We went to Colorado, and uh, it was a. It was a unique hunt. In the fact, that it was an over-the-counter tag, and it was bow or gun in this particular unit that we were hunting, and so. Um, I was, we decided that, you know, one, we, me and my dad were going to hunt together. It was two on one with a, with a guide we we're hunting with. And one of us was going to carry a gun, one of us going to carry a bow. And, it would, you know, versus, and then that way, if it was a real big herd bull, we couldn't get him to come in. We, you know, cause we, we do like, I mean, I'd rather bow hunt than anything. But, um, you know, if we get the chance, we're not going to pass, pass it by with an elk, especially that's about, that's our favorite meat by far so it's not that we gotta kill an elk but we we kind of knew going into this hunt that uh the outfitter really wants to gun hunt but you know we said we'll try a bow hunt in a few days and in the last day or two we'll pull out the gun and uh so i was carrying the, the first day we both carried our bows the second day i carried my gun and my dad carried his bow and we're sitting over a water hole, just waiting on something to bugle. Well, we look up, this big bull's coming in—the one my dad shot. And I had the gun. I was like, "Well, I don't, I don't want to shoot it with a gun." I said,
1: he's like, "Well, give
3: me the gun." So you know, so <laughs> he, he grabs. Second day into the bow hunt, we then whacked one with a gun, but it, it was still legal, and it was a five-day hunt. And on the fourth day, um, I finally got an opportunity, and I, I had right at dark. I mean, it was two, three minutes for the shooting light. The bull comes in. We called him in, and he's a—he was at like 52 yards. My guide ranged him, and I never let people range for me. And um, he kept walking, and uh, I should have ranged him again. He was probably 61, 62, and I—I I just shot it under him by by two inches. A good bull, probably a 340 bull. It yes. my second biggest bull with a bow, and then it, it was just getting cranked up that fourth day. So I said, "Well, tomorrow's fifth day." And my wife was like you better bring me back an elk. So I, I said, you know what, I'll take my gun the last day. And then we got into him, and, and then the bull I shot the last day. I, I wouldn't have killed him with my bow, but it was about a 100-something yard shot. But I, I shot him with a gun, and and everybody was happy. So it, it was a good trip.
0: Awesome, man. I know that's something that's always been – that's every Midwest hunter's dream. Is yeah, it's a bucket list for everyone here. Yeah, everyone wants an elk. And that's I've heard the meat is just incredible. I've, I've never actually eaten like – you know, I've always had like an elk burger for like someone gave me, but it's never been like – Hey man, I just shot the elk. Like we're gonna eat some elk backstrap. Yeah. I've never had that experience. And I, how incredible is that compared to like a uh, whitetail backstrap?
3: It, it's good, and, and and I'm giving my opinion. I, I love it, and but I'm always eating older rutted up bulls that we killed. You know, I've never, <laughs> I've never ate a, a young cow or something. You know, because sometimes younger does taste better than older bucks. That's just the way it is. But I'm always eating the older elk, and I I love it. You know, I mean we make all kind of specialty jerkies and sausage with it and it's the best meat i've had moose meat and that that one's probably a little better but you know i have never killed a moose i just somebody fed it to me one time and and that was it but you know my wife loves it she loves deer too but she's cooking if we're ever eating red meat you know and spaghetti steak whatever it is it's 99 percent of the time it's elk
0: really that's awesome how long does like one elk last your your family
3: yeah you know i got pretty small you know it's just me my wife and my, my son so you know it lasts us a year my and when my dad gets one so we always and they they eat theirs and you know my brother-in-law he, he's gotten one the last couple of years so it, it's about a year it's it's funny how that works but when we get most of ours ground up in burger mm-hmm. you know for, and so it it just about lasts a, a, a complete year so i would have been in trouble I was really looking like i wasn't going to get one this year so i would have been begging off my dad or brother-in-law had you know we not pulled out a last day miracle right yeah well,
0: one thing i'm curious jeff is are you a big taxidermy guy when you when you shoot your critters are you like man i'm getting a shoulder mount of this whitetail i'm getting a shoulder mount of this elk i'm doing you know are you are you real big into taxidermy
3: i am man I, i'm a stickler on taxidermy i've been through a few um i i like i have a. I don't know that i have an eye for taxidermy but i do i know what i want and i know what i like to see and I'm hooked up with a real good guy in uh, Missouri now, and but my elk, I'm I out my first elk I ever shot. It was it was a small one, <laughs> but I'm out. My dad mounted it for me at the time. I didn't have the money, but um, I was a kid then. And then I mounted my the one I shot with a I shot a 346 with my bow, and I mounted it. And then I've killed three or four after that, but I've gotten Europeans on those for a couple of reasons. It's a clean look, I like it. It doesn't take up as much room. And they weren't quite as big, you know. I really don't want to mount one again until he's probably three fifty or better. They just, they're beautiful, but they, they take up a lot of room. But, but an elk European mount is just, just really pretty to me. Always has been.
0: Yeah, that's something that crossed my mind. I'm looking at, I'm like, man, okay, my, the house I live in right now is not huge. Like, I'd have to do some major. <laughs> you have wall... to
3: have at least
0: ten foot ceilings to mount an elk, probably well, taller than that. Well, yeah, I'm looking. I'm like, I'm gonna do some wall uh, reconstruction over here and uh, <laughs> to fit an elk in here. And I have a full mount turkey, and I'm like, yeah, one's enough. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, if I ever go and try to do all the subspecies and get a turkey slam, that's all gonna be fan mounts. But you know, I'm thinking unless it's just a monster bull elk, it's all going to have to be skull mounts. <laughs> There's no yeah, way. Yeah,
3: that's good. Yeah, because you got to be careful. On, I mean, if it's too big an elk, you have to be careful on how you turn it because the horns will hit the wall, so it, it's it's tough, or unless you put it on a pedestal or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that would
4: be, that'd the, be an... the only option in any yeah. of our houses, I yeah,
0: think. Yeah,
2: but then you're dedicating a whole corner to that, and, you know, that's just.
3: The thing is, you can always
0: get rid of all your furniture and just have, like. Well, you a got couple... to start charging them rent. You know, because he takes up so
4: much
3: space.
0: Well, yeah, you get rid of the sectional and just have an elk pedestal over here, and yeah,
3: good luck getting that past your wife. Yeah, just get some little picnic chairs and replace all your furniture, and get your whole room full of elk heads <laughs> and you have.
2: There, there you
0: go. go. Get some camouflage beanbag chairs. Call of the day.
2: Yeah, there you go. A beer fridge right. in the living room. Yeah, no, why not? Yeah,
3: I'm, I feel I feel you, man. Luckily, my wife is. She's pretty. Uh, I don't. She's not too bad. She lets me put things where I want to, so it's a give and take.
2: Well, I mean, you know, that's that's what's, you know, really important, having uh, having family support everything that you do. Um, and you've got a pretty unique circumstance. I mean, you know, we'll get into uh, the Lindsay way here a little bit. You know, we got David David's take on it, but how is it, I mean, you're really living every Redneck's dream is you have a hunting show with your father. What's that experience really been like for you? I mean, if you want to get into, yeah, you can say whatever you want. He might not listen. So,
3: <laughs> right? Oh, you know, it, it's very unique. You know, it's um, it's everybody's. You know, I don't want to say everybody. Ninety percent of people that go out hunting for the first time it's with their dad or their dad took them. But you know, it's kind of funny. There's only a couple of hunting shows that have father and sons on them. For whatever reason, I don't know why, but um, I guess because it's always the the, the newer generation, the younger generation that, that the hunt shows kind of came out
1: and that's kind of who
3: kind of grabbed the bull by the horns. But my dad got started. We got started 10 years ago with Drury. So it was just kind of our thing. You know, my dad was my best man and my wedding he's my, my best friend. We do everything together and we, we've, we've maintained a good relationship, not saying sometimes we don't want to just, you know, uh, strangle each other. Um, but we, we've just always been a close knit family and, um, if it wasn't for him, I, I, I wouldn't have ever, you know, gotten into uh filming, much less stepped out from jury and he's the one that kinda of pushed me and said, you know, I'm not getting no younger if we're gonna do this but have our own show, we gotta do it. So, you know, he's really the one uh you know, that kind of kinda of pushed me out of the nest, if you will, to, to start start on our own and, and go from there and and it was it was a great decision. I'm glad we did it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um I told uh, David, this too is—I've watched you guys like crazy on my Outdoor TV, the app on you know on uh, on Dream Season. You guys were one of my favorite teams, and um, you know, was that kind of? I asked him the same question. Was it kind of scary branching off to do your own thing?
3: Oh, definitely, man. It's and that's one of the reasons why we didn't do it. You know, I'm kind of I can get comfortable, uh, you know, and I have my own business and and I I did my own thing and it was. It was scary when I went out on my own, but looking back, it was the best thing I ever did. And for my family, you know, I knew eventually we would probably would do that, but I was happy with Drury. You know, there's, there's a, the, the, one of the biggest names in the outdoor industry. We're, we're on a prime time spot, but with dream season, it, it was fun. Um, it was a good time. The competition sometimes kind of got to you, kind of took a little bit of the, the real reason why you're hunting, uh,
1: mm-hmm.
3: out of. But but that's just because we're competitive guys. You know, we wanna win everything. If you're, if I'm gonna play somebody in, in checkers at Cracker Bear, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be mad if I don't win. That's just <laughs> but, uh, you know, so it, it it was it was definitely uh it put us on platform, you know. I, I, I have to give Drew outdoors a lot of credit, you know, Mark and Carey for, for putting us out there, uh, where we could eventually be able to, to get out on our own. Mm-hmm. What was that
0: conversation like? You don't have to go really into too many details, like telling them guys, like, hey, you know we're going to do our own thing, or, or however you pitched it to Here's them. Here's
2: my two-week notice. <laughs> yeah, you, you put
0: your two weeks in with the juries, yeah. essentially.
3: Right, we knew, we just kind of both knew. Like I said, he kind of prodded me, and hey, if we're ever going to do it, we need to do it. And we talked about doing it for a few years, and, you know, Mark's one of our, and, and I've hunted at Terry's farm, and good friends with Terry and, and Matt, but but Mark's one of our is one of my dad's real close friends, you know. So it was tough, you know. Here, here you are. You've kind of it's like a big family, and we're we're telling them, you know, we're leaving them, but we, we agreed to, to stay that year and film Dream Season, and then we'd announce our show and everything got done airing. So it went as good as it could, you know. They're they're professionals, and um, we handled it just the way you know we would have wanted to be treated if we were in a, their, their shoes. So. Um, You know they hated to, to leave us. I mean, you know, Mark told us that, but he, un- he understood. You know, that's the American dream is anytime soon you can do something and go out and better yourself for your for your family or, or do what you really want to do, especially if it's a dream, as this was. You know, nobody really is ever going to try to hold you back. So um, it, it it went great, really. Looking back, it was it was a blessing.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you guys are all over the place. I always see you guys are always putting big critters down. Um, you guys make some of the best gear ever, man. Your guys' hats are awesome. We're all Amazing. wearing a hat yeah. one of your guys' hats right now <laughs> during and this the, podcast. And
4: the giveaways, you guys give away more stuff than almost anyone out there.
3: Oh yeah, we we try to man. You know it's I, you know I kind of do that. My me and my dad decided early that you know I was just going to handle all that stuff. I'll try to get somebody to help me ship it from every now and then. But um, I. I'm, I'm a big stickler on hats. You know, I, I, I like certain ones. Everybody head heads different. My head's different. Um, you know, and our thing was we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not trying to make money by, by selling hats and selling shirts. We want to, but we're trying to build our brand. So this was a good way to do it. And, um, you know, if we can sell one, one for every one we give away, you know, and that's, that's our goal because we're just trying to, to, get the Lindsay way out there. We're trying to get people because you can have the best show hunt show in the world. If nobody knows about it, uh, you know, it's all for naught, but right. I, I think about it every day, you know, social media, it, it is how things are just, you know, announced and, and, um, uh, explained to the world, I guess now, but I don't know what we would have did if we were having a new hunting show 10 years ago. I mean, you just would have had to wait till this time of year when people went out and bought the DVD or, or, or seen it on television, you know. But now it's kind of a, it, it's the best of times and the, and the worst of times, I guess, because it's, it's it's the more saturated market and stuff mm-hmm. gets fun, you know, for all the startup shows and stuff. But yeah. you can get you can just get your name out there. I mean, you can become, um, you know, you can be, become relevant but a lot quicker than you used to could. That's for sure.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, imagine now this podcast wouldn't exist ten years oh, ago. Oh yeah, no. I mean, it'd be we'd have to pitch to a radio company or yeah, something like yeah. that to get on a radio station t- and and be local only. Yeah. And can you imagine someone be like, okay, so you're going to do a bow hunting only show. Ah, That's not going to work. You know, we, this wouldn't even be existing right now if it wasn't for the time we're living in. Yeah, um,
3: Right. Yeah, there's, there's excellent opportunities out there, you know, just like it was for us, the show, just like it is for you guys on the podcast. And it's, it, it does make for a more saturated market, but Hey, people can pick and choose what they want to look at. You don't have to watch the show. Yeah, or you don't have to listen to the podcast, and that's that's what's so good about it all. But
2: you should, <laughs> yeah, you
3: should. Everyone should listen to Working Class Bowhunter.
2: That's yeah, right. And we and we hope you know everybody watches the Lindsay Way. I mean, you know, we're all big fans, and just the quality that you guys put out. I mean, you know, you've got you've got you know a dime a dozen with hunting shows, but you know what what really sets you guys apart is just it it feels. I don't know. Like, I feel it feels like I, real when I watch Damn. you guys. I
0: feel like I know you guys like personally, yeah. and that's. I think that's a big thing nowadays with people is you got to be um, relatable, but you also have to be able. You got to be able to. Um, I don't really know how to word this. Like you, we can look up to you guys at the same time. Like you're relatable, but we don't feel uncomfortable looking up to you as saying like you know, you know the Lindsays are our idols type of thing, whereas. I don't know. Does that make sense? Kind of what I'm trying to say. I'm not very good
1: at explaining yeah, yeah, myself. Yeah, You got to be relatable.
3: You got to be. You know, I think everyone uh, just talking to you guys. I can I can tell you you got you guys characters, and you know some some days me and my dad are characters. And I think you have to. So many people in this world or in the hunt industry are characters, but they don't, they don't. It's not film. They don't film everything. They don't portray that. And you have to be characters. Uh, and no matter what you do, you have to be somebody that that people can kind of get behind and pull for. So you know, a person told me that, Greg Ritz told me that at the very beginning, they they handle a lot of marketing, he says, you got, you got to be somebody that when the audience watches, they they want to root for you, they want you to kill that big buck, they want to see what you're doing, and so, you know, that always struck home, you know, because, like I say, everyone's a character in their own right, we all have something that we we do, and and stick out from everybody else, so you got to you got to make sure that you film that and the viewer sees that. You, you see what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And that's the thing, you know, it's like how you mentioned the, the, the age we're living in where everyone can kind of put what they're wanting to do out there. There's a lot of, like you said, the market's very saturated. And there's a lot of people that are trying to get bigger in the industry without really even really doing anything. So it's nice to see, like, you guys put down big white tails and you guys have the knowledge and the skill to consistently do it on film. And then to come on podcasts like this and over social media and kind of like share your knowledge, it's, it's awesome. And th- we had John Dudley on uh, two episodes ago and the same thing with him. I just like, thank you guys for doing that because it's, it's, it's awesome for us.
3: Right. Yeah. Well, you know, we're blessed to be able to do this. You know, we don't, I don't consider myself, you know, a professional hunter and a girl hunt for a living per se, you know, I, I, I build houses for a living, but, but when I do get to hunt and, um, and we've just been real lucky we're blessed we be able to do it we're blessed that when we do get to hunt we can you know afford to put a cameraman in the tree and, and tell the story and um you know if i if i didn't have a hunting show I, I i know so many people that would probably just quit hunting if they didn't have a hunt show but but you know not me that's just I, i'm I'm gonna hunt whether a cameras in the tree or not but it sure is nice to be able to document not not just for a hunting show but but down the road, you know, because we're always pulling back old hunts up and looking at the raw footage or, and just kind of reliving those moments because that's, that's some of your your best moments of your life is when you you kill some of your target animals.
0: Right. I mean, it's Absolutely. the best home video you could ask for.
3: Right, yeah. It, it's funny looking back how quick you age. Gosh, I, every time I look at one, I, it makes me sad how old I'm getting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, so what hunts are you looking forward to that are coming this year or anything that you can maybe give away that you're, you're going to do next year that you know about already?
3: Well, we're working on a moose hunt for next year. That's kind of a bucket list hunt, you know, like a moose-grizzly uh, combo. I don't know that it will get worked out. Um, it's just the, the, the timing of It's just a very – it's a very rough, very rough time. But fingers crossed that we can work that out. You know, I really want to take my dad on one hand. He's – He's 61. He gets around great. By now, my dad will be, he can outwalk. He could probably outwalk anybody in this conversation, including me. It's just, my dad is just high strong. It's just the way it is. And he's, you know, he's, he's got several years left, but he don't, we don't want to look up in five years and oh man, we should have did that last year. So that's, that's really kind of what I'm looking forward to next year. This year, you know, we, we don't really go on any, any other trips other than out west. You know, from here on out, we'll be hunting. We hunted my farm in Illinois, and we hunt the family farms in, in Georgia and Iowa and get down to Kansas, and so that, that's really the plan, but nothing compares to, you know, that that Iowa rut in the first two or three weeks of November. I mean, we'll hunt Iowa religiously every day, every chance we get and, uh, up until the Illinois gun season.
0: Well, if you're ever, I don't know where you're at in Iowa or Illinois, and you don't have to say on the podcast, but we're, Rock Island or the Quad City area. I don't know if you're familiar. So if you're ever in the area, to swing in we'll have to do an in studio podcast with you guys.
1: Or, gotcha.
3: Oh, or, absolutely. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, I'm I'm in Pittsfield, Illinois. I was there this weekend and uh, shot some does and old coal buck. And then I, we're we're down we're down below Des Moines in Iowa. So we're we're, we're not, I'm I'm a little closer to you when I'm in Illinois.
0: Yeah, you're only a couple yeah. hours away. Pittsfield, yep. I think, it's like straight south. That's uh that's where whitetail Properties is at Pike County.
3: That's right. That's it. The, the famous Pike County. That's that's where we're
2: at. Yeah, there you go. You, you got a farm there, man. You're living the dream. That is. Uh,
3: yeah, it's awesome, man. It's not as good as it once was. You know, <laughs> they've had a lot of uh, factors that that's kind of taken the herd, the buck herd down. But but it's getting better. It's getting better every single year. It really is.
0: I've heard, and I, I've never actually. I've probably been in Pike County before, but I've never been in there during. Uh, I used to hunt Fulton County. And we oh, yeah. we hunted with a guy, and Fulton County is great, too. Everywhere in Illinois and Iowa is great. Yep. I've always heard Pike County, once you get in the rut area time of year, it's just, like, crazy. Like, you see guys with trucks with stuff all over the side that are from companies and shows all over the place.
3: Yeah, it's where everybody goes, man. If there was a deer hunting capital in the world, I would call it. I'd call it Pike County, Illinois. I think that um, actually
0: is declared that, though. I think that is like the really, deer hunting capital I think of the world. That's an actual thing. I'm pretty sure it is the
2: Golden Triangle. That, what is that,
3: it? That doesn't surprise me.
2: What is it? It's Pike. It's your, what are the three counties that are right there? Yeah, it's the Golden Triangle. They call it. It's Pike and then like two surrounding ones. I don't know. Pike,
3: uh, Pike, Adams, and Brown County.
2: That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, well,
3: I used to own some land in Adams County, and it was it was really good. I just I couldn't really expand it. I was kind of boxed in by some neighbors. I couldn't. I couldn't expand it. I just wanted a little bit bigger piece, so we got out, got out away from that, or just kind of moved on. And, and I'm really happy with, with where we're at over there. It's just those those deer over there. It's a it's a double edged sword. I don't know if you guys are in hunted Pike County, but they where I'm at down by the Illinois River, it's bluff country. It's bluff deer. Um They move a ton. I mean, they they they're on every camera I have, just about all over the farm. Every buck just bounces around and. And it's great for videoing, but it it can be a little tough to kind of grow deer from year to year because they're moving so much. You know, you get the neighbors picking them off, or they're halfway across the county getting shot some by somebody else. But you know, I I I can't decide if I'd rather hunt deer like that or deer in Iowa that are old, mature, and hardly ever move unless it's just the perfect conditions. But they, they live to get really big, so it's I like the big deer, but I do like hunting and and seeing a lot of them, a lot of activity.
0: And, Jeff, I'm going to use you right now to declare an argument that Eric and uh, Steve and I always have because Eric's the only guy that lives in Iowa from the podcast. Eric
2: yep. says they grow them big in Pike County and then swim across the river and then migrate up to Iowa. That's, that's not that's what, what I what, said at all. He, he says it <laughs> in private. He doesn't want to tell
0: anybody. <laughs> he, he, it's a joke argument, but I just want you to settle this just so everyone knows. who What has bigger deer? Is it Iowa or Illinois.
3: Well, you know, I'm an Iowa boy. i got to say Iowa. And- <laughs> yes. All right, well, but- thanks for coming on
2: the podcast. We really appreciate that. <laughs> I'm here's, glad here's someone my agreed Here's disclaimer, with
3: me. though. It, Illinois has better, in my opinion, Illinois has better genetics than any, because of the rivers down there and, and in the, in the bottoms and all. they got better genetics than anywhere in the world. But Iowa, because of the way DNR does so well managing their deer herd or their buck herd, their age class allows them to get bigger. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if, if you'll adopt the page that I was looking, it'll never happen and, and I'm not sure they will want it to happen, but the age class I want is what makes for bigger bucks. It's not, not the coverage, it's not the genetics, it's not the food. It's real similar and all those factors, but the age is what does it.
0: Yeah, I've always said that too. I've said it a lot on the podcast. I wish Illinois would model their seasons and everything after Iowa, but I I don't know if it'll ever happen. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's the way I think. I think it's the way their gun season falls and the way they handle the non-residents is is, makes a big difference in uh, Illinois versus Iowa.
3: Yeah, it is. I wish there's the main thing. If anything, I wish Illinois would change. Would be you know, it'll allow you to, to, to put out mineral sites or, or feed or something in the summertime where you could monitor your deer and you could manage your herd a little better and seeing what bucks you had, what bucks you could age them better in the summertime and in early fall and try to decide, you know, what deer you need to shoot, what deer you need to let go, what deer you need to tell your neighbors to let go. And that's the biggest thing to me, I think, hurting Illinois. But I don't know they'll ever change it. But at least I can
2: put in a plug for it. Well, when I'm president, <laughs> they will, you know. So, <laughs> well, I've only got like ten more years, and I could run. Well, but, yeah,
0: I want to ignore that, Steve. But the, that is a weird thing about Illinois. But what's funny is you can go to any Farm and Fleet, Farm King, Menards, any sporting goods store, and there's mineral and granules and all right. that. So stuff. Why do sale? they even sell
2: it? Because it's can't not use use illegal it. to sell it, but it's illegal to use it. Which is like, don't even put it on the shelves if we can't right. use it. <laughs>
0: It's, I don't know, it's one of those laws. I don't know how tight it is. You can't do it, though. I mean, they'll get you for it. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's. No,
3: yeah, it's, it's the rules. It is what it is. You got to follow them. But it, I just I wish it was a little different sometimes.
0: Right, yeah. We don't have to agree with it, but it is uh, It is what it is, I guess. Um, it's just like, you know, we can hunt over an apple tree. It's kind of. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know. No standing corn or beans. But whatever. don't
2: bring apples. 400 feet away from the tree and put them under your stand you know type of right it's it's the law and you know what the good thing is you know we've got a bunch of laws and it's done well for the whitetail herd so far i mean you know us being able to follow rules and regulations have they've gotten the deer where they are now so i mean if we can disagree with one or two that's fine because what we got now is is
3: pretty good well see i wish you guys had one of the best in the country
4: I wish you guys had more public ground over here in Illinois like we do in Iowa. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You can go around yeah, any... Yeah,
3: that, that, that is tough.
4: Right. You can go around any corner in Iowa, and you're going to find a public ground piece.
0: Um, Jeff, one thing I want to get into, without getting too in- into the negative side of things, um, Taylor Drury just shot a monster in Iowa. And she is getting, like, crazy death threats and all these absurd just comments and everything online, um, which... I think it's a little messed up, and I think it's a little more messed up that they I, they seem to attack female hunters a little heavier than male hunters. Um, do you guys ever experience anything like that with, with how big your social media following is?
3: Yeah, not to that degree. You know, those people run in packs. They're like wolves, you know. So um, anytime you put yourselves out there, and Drury's got one of the biggest social media followings in the hunting industry. So anytime you do that, you know, they're going to be on all those people's radar. Um, but what you said about women is especially true. I mean, I, I, I get a handful of death threats every year. Um, well, a few handfuls, but I can put one picture up of my wife and she'll get more death threats than I will all year. So it's just, it's just very cowardly, you know, on what, what they do. I, it makes them feel good. And if you notice that every one of these guys' avatar, their profile pick is always like uh, some cartoon cat or a tree or, or their <laughs> pet dog it's never themselves they're always hiding behind the keyboard and and you know they're just they're cowards and you, you never see somebody that's just like a normal looking person right in his, picker, his wife and two kids and he's saying you know go I hope the deer kills you next week or something you know it's just it's, it's a warped world and, and those people are the ones that are all about you know, save the whales or, or whatever they're, you know, don't drill. And and then, but, you know, it's okay to, for them to, or they are, you know, they're all about Planned Parenthood and, and killing babies and all that stuff. So it's just, it's, it's all, in my opinion, it's just messed up. It's warped minds and it's just kind of part of the reason of the moral decay in this country. And then they can attack hunters and and, and feel better about themselves.
0: Right, it's really strange. we had um a few episodes ago, we had our buddy Baker, Baker Levitt on from uh Kill Cliff, <laughs> and he was in uh, Africa hunting and he I don't remember the little girl's name. She shot a giraffe um with a rifle. Yeah,
2: yeah he, he like he took that picture.
0: He, he yeah, she killed that giraffe with his his firearm and he was in camp with her and uh Baker he comes he, I don't know, he's on the show pretty often. He's a great guy. And he um uh, he was just talking about the death threat she was getting and he's like they all have three things in common. He said, one, there's always pictures of cats on their social media. He's like, they're always from the U.K. or Europe. He's like, and they all have some sort of involvement with pornography. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not sure what it is. He's like, but those three ingredients formulate the harshest anti-hunter you'll ever see. <laughs> and it's just sickening. And it's, it's funny that you mentioned something about, like, the cats or yeah, dogs on Yeah, the cat profile. profile. <laughs> but it's... It's every
3: time, man. You can go look at every single one. They, they attack women, you know it's, and Kendall Jones, you know, I, I know Kendall. Kendall's a great girl, and she, she's got thicker skin than anybody in this world. But she basically got Insta social media famous for all the death threats for, you know, going on Fox News or whatever all she did, where people were just blasting her, you know, die, kill yourself, and 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 even you know when the Omar's killed this bear, you know, all there's these social media sites on Facebook or, or whatever they are, and like, you know kill Kendall Jones, and and, and they don't get taken down, and it's just, you know, you couldn't say anything about anybody else like that, and the police are going to be knocking on your door, but they can say this and just get away from it, and it's just what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong, and, you know, even all those people, they're in their ancestry, their grandfathers, great-grandfathers, trace it back, and you don't have to go that far back, every one of them has a hunting pedigree. That's how we were brought into this earth. But that's what used to be right, and now it's wrong, you know? So it's just Right. Yeah, you could just Weird. tell those
2: people, oh, you should kill yourself. It's like, well, you know what? I wish uh, I wish your great-great-grandfather didn't hunt. You know what I mean? Like, I, w- I wish he yeah, that- just starved to death. <laughs> yeah, that's the
0: way you could threaten them. Well, I wish your you know. ancestor didn't hunt. Then you wouldn't be here, and I wouldn't have to be hearing about you right now. And, you know. <laughs>
3: right. it, it's like- I don't know if they're smart enough to realize that, though. I really don't.
0: I think they block that out. It's kind of like one of those things. It's like Hillary and her emails. They're just like that didn't happen. I don't know anything about it. It's yeah, like they so no like, charges are going to be brought against me. You know, it just doesn't it doesn't <laughs> get processed. But the cool thing is, is the hunting community and like the, I'll say the sportsman community, the outdoor community. Is such a big family, and even though there is like internal arguments about it, that's kind of what makes it fun. About like you know, what do you do? You shoot this or you shoot that, whatever. But we're yeah, on But, but in, in the end, we all stick together. Yeah, we're one big family. And if I'm ever somewhere and I see an anti hunter saying something to a hunter, I'm gonna be right behind the hunter. And be like, yeah, listen, you know, check yourself real quick because you know we're a brotherhood.
2: Yeah. You you know what I've got an idea for that this might work, because like a lot of hunters, like there should be like a Facebook page or like a a website or something. And, you know, if you message me, then I'm going to put your name out there. And if you say this, then you post that to that website. And as hunters, we all go and say something, you know, you could say something nice to them or not but just flood their inbox. So if they attack one of our hunters, we we go back after them.
0: Or just ignore them and keep on moving.
2: Or you could do that too, but, uh, you know, I I, I want to ruin as many leftist Zays as I can, you know? So, I, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, you know, that just, that's my idea. And, hey, if somebody out there makes it, um, don't break any laws, but, well, thank you for it. I don't know. But... It's just, it's not right, man. You know, we enjoy what we do. You know, we're not out here killing because, you know, Well, it's fun, but,
0: we get meat. There's a reason behind it. You know,
2: there's just, a reason behind it. We've made the whitetail population better than it ever has in a lot of other things. So it's just like, you know, come on. Yeah, let's have some common sense here.
3: They, they, they don't have common sense, and that's, that's unfortunate. And, and, you know, it's just political correctness. And, and you know, we are hunters. We're gun owners. We're the largest army in the world. we got to stick together. But we've always been kind of the silent majority we don't want to offend nobody we don't want to do this we don't want to do that we're so politically correct and that's it's kind of eating eating away at us you know so we gotta it, it, it's one our numbers now so we can't be like that you know i think that's why trump is you know did so so good in the beginning that's why he separated himself from all the other candidates he, he got away from all this um this political correctness that that's all over, you know, the world politics and everything, and and sometimes it can, uh, you know, it, it can be his own worst enemy too on the on the fact of too politically correct. I mean, too unpolitically correct. But right. um, and I don't mean to bring politics in here, but it's just kind of you you apply that to us. We can't get so politically correct that we don't stand up for each other, like you said, and we have to stay together. We have to we have to get out and vote. Bo- Our voices have to be heard. We can't just say, oh, we don't want to offend my cousin that. That's a vegetarian or something, you know. You gotta, you gotta stick up for that because, you know, I have right. a couple of cousins that well, there aren't vegetarians, but we've had some heated uh, Thanksgiving debates, you know, when we get together. But
0: <laughs> right. Well, the yeah. thing is, too, the best thing we can do is just keep level-headed and just be educated and come across educated and just. State the facts, because that's what we have for us. The hunters have facts, and you they're no to...
2: facts don't matter to these people. Yeah, Come but, on, but the thing is,
0: but like, to us it does. So yeah, that's what. But all the thing is, it's you can't really argue with the uh, what you hunters can. have done for <laughs> these game populations—whitetails, for moose, for elk, for all this stuff. Well, and
4: to let alone, I mean, all and these turkeys, especially. All these state parks and everything are funded by us. I mean, it. It's right. fact. Right. For yeah, sure. So go and look at your
2: birds. It. You know.
3: And their biggest complaint is about Africa, you know, and shooting those giraffes and elephants and all. But so without hunters, that game would not exist. There's, You know, there could be some arguments made about some of the animals here in the U.S., but in Africa, there wouldn't be nothing left. There,
1: yeah. there wouldn't,
3: in my opinion, the poachers would wipe them out. But you just got to, you know, when I get something like that, and and, and maybe at my approach is not the best, but the way I do it, you know, I run a social media accounts, and I get a death threat or I get somebody – calling us, you know, whatever cuss word or the worst thing they can think about saying, and, and, and a lot of times you have to translate because it's in a different language,
1: but
3: uh, <laughs> I go in there and block, I delete it and I block them because you're not, and I don't want to say you're not going to change them, but if you argue with a hundred of these people, you may sway one of them a little bit and and I just, maybe that's the wrong approach, but I've argued till I'm blue in the face with them and you know what, they just get blocked and they can go troll somebody else's page.
0: Right. That's probably Absolutely. the best thing to do, honestly.
3: And <laughs> then
2: piss up
0: a rope. I, I didn't mean to get on like a negative tirade, but I feel like it was an interesting discussion. But uh,
3: Oh, it is. It's, it's a big deal, man. Especially in, in social media. You know, I mean, because just like we said earlier, it gets our, we get our your podcast out there. for it, it puts us all out there, you know, to the public eye and to the world. So we have to be prepared to deal with it. There's some people that don't don't deal with it quite as well and you, that's why I said, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give them any ammunition as far as you know arguing with them. I'm just gonna shut them up.
4: And you're not, sure. and you're not gonna quit doing what you're doing because of that.
3: No, no, they're not, they're not gonna change me. There's nothing anyone could ever say to change me. So I, I kind of probably look at whether it's right or wrong. I'm probably not gonna change them, so I just don't try. Now, if it's a family member, or if we're having a face to face discussion. I think I can, I can um, you know, talk about talk somebody them see my point of view. But but I'm not one of those. I mean, I eat meat, um, but I don't. You know, that's a big thing now too. And I think a lot of people are getting too politically correct in the hunting community and say, you know, this is the reason why we hunt. And you know, we're if we're out there just hunting meat, we're we're not going to wait around on a big buck. I mean, we all know that. We're you're just going to shoot the first deer you see, go home, cut it up, and eat it. But all right. So you, you got to be, that's a fine line that I don't, you know, that a lot of people are getting into and I just don't want them to see, see them being too politically correct. You know, you gotta, we still got to stand up for all of the reasons we hunt, not just one of them.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one thing that, uh, I wanted to ask you real quick, I thought of it when you brought up, uh, or when we talked about African hunting, is that something that you ever could see yourself doing or?
3: Yeah, maybe, you know, I don't really have a desire to, uh, um, mainly just because I wouldn't want to be gone from my my family that long, but um and, and probably don't have the money to spend on something like that. But there's so many more things that I want to kill in in this country. You know, we live in the greatest country in the world, so I want to try to you know conquer some of these animals first, and then maybe one day I'll get the itch. That's not saying somebody said, hey, come on, let's load up and go over there and and, and shoot some game that I wouldn't do it, but. I got some things I'd rather kill here first.
0: What What's your uh, top three bucket list
3: right now? Um, you know, a moose. You know, I, I'm kind of I've been applying for sheep in uh, several states for a few years. I'm not really crazy about sheep yet, but I, but I'd love to kill a moose, and I want to kill one so bad that yeah, I want to do it in a rut. But if it with a gun or a bow, um, I don't really care. I want to kill the you know a, a big grizzly. Or, or a brown bear, I want to kill one of those, and um, and you know, mule deer was a huge bucket list of mine until I got one last year, and so, but but elk hunting, you know, besides those couple of weeks of November, elk hunting's my favorite. I, I love to get a 400 inch elk one day. That's kind of, you know, that's your comparable to 200 inch whitetail, I guess. So right,
0: and I can't even imagine like 200 inch whitetail to me just seems so out of reach oh, yeah, it's crazy. everyone's dream to hit that 200 inch mark but like okay 200 inch whitetail that's a lot of bone 400 inch elk mm. holy moly <laughs> i can't even You're imagine right. good grief
3: <laughs> and they're probably i don't want to say they're more common than the 200 inch whitetail i can't say that but it seems like you see more pictures of those than you do a 200 inch whitetail just i mean you got um, if you kill a 200 inch whitetail you can literally say okay that's that's a deer's lifetime and you know that, that's probably the only one i get you don't know, lecture David Lindsay, and then you got three of them ready to kill
1: another
0: one. Oh, that's funny. Well, one of our buddies has a couple 200 inch deer, and I'm just like, I look at him, i like, dude, you have two. two. I can, we'll just stop a conversation. I'm like, you know, you have two 200 inch deer at home. And he's just like, yeah, can we not talk about my 200 inch deer anymore? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm, I'm tired of talking
3: about it. <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's, that's everybody. I guess that you could say that's everybody's dream. You know, people that live in the South or the East Coast or something, they're never going. They're, they're never. there's hardly any that even live in their state, but, you know, Midwest, it's possible, you know. Everybody has that possibility one day, so that's, that's what we can all dream about.
4: Especially in Iowa, right?
3: Yeah, he yeah, has one behind every tree, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one behind every tree Midwest. in
2: that cornfield over there.
3: Yeah, <laughs> right. I've, I've been lucky enough to see, I've seen a handful of them. I've, I've seen, I, I don't know how to count it up, but I've seen three or four of them, so I've been... I'm just lucky and blessed to be able to, to live in a state that can grow animals like that.
0: Okay, Jeff, we do, we normally do, uh, we haven't done this in a while. Actually, we do a thing we call the rapid fire questions where if they should be one answer, yes or no's or whatever it is, the question may be, but if you have to elaborate a little bit, you can. And we have a whole list here that we normally run some of our guests through, but, um, you have in the show, some of the stuff's obvious, so I'm going to kind of sift through here and see what we have, um, if that's okay with you. They're kind of random and one-off. Some of them are a little weird, so you have to bear All with right. us. <laughs> um, we'll go, we already know the favorite camo, but uh, that was the first question. But let's do uh, your favorite outdoor magazine.
3: Uh, North American Whitetail. Ooh.
0: Backstrap or jerky? Backstrap.
3: Fried
0: Fav- backstrap. Backstrap?
1: Right, <laughs> Ooh, fried,
0: fried. Okay, so this one fried. is favorite outdoor-related show besides your own, of course.
3: I'd probably say Heartland Boner. All
0: right, that's a that's a common answer. Yeah, we keep like a mental tally of the answers on here, and uh okay. we can't. I can, I'm not going to ask this, but I will. I will ask this as a joke, and we keep a running tally yeah. as a joke. Also, oh, yeah, we got we go. good sense of humor, so don't hurt anyone's feelings here. um your favorite podcast host. Ooh.
3: Gosh, well, you put me on the spot here, but Kirk's on when I got my phone, so I guess I'm going to have to say Kirk. Yeah.
4: Oh, damn. Yes,
0: I haven't had a tally mark for a while. Kind of what are you up answer. to, like two? Hey, I'm up. I'm beating Steve. All I know that. No, I you mean, are not. I don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah
4: that
2: ain't
3: happening. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah. That, to be fair, that is putting me in a bad spot, but, but it's okay. <laughs> we do that to
0: everyone. Everyone's <laughs> the same. They're like, you can't ask me that, but I'll answer it anyway. Yeah, hey, why not? Um, morning or afternoon hunts? Morning. Typical deer or non-typical?
3: Whichever one scores the most. <laughs> Favorite <laughs> oh. pro
2: wrestler?
3: Oh, Rick Flair, by far. Oh, Woo! my man.
2: 16-time limousine riding. All right, yeah, we well, you know the rest. That's
0: right. Hang on or ladder stands? Hang on. Okay, you put a big, say you shoot a 200-inch deer tomorrow, which you might after this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're going to celebrate with the boys back at hunting camp, are you going to get beer, or are you going to get like liquor or whiskey? What's going to be your celebration beverage of choice?
3: Man, I don't drink. I'm drinking a Dr. Pepper if I, if I kill him. That's my celebration
1: drink. I Dr. 23 pepper.
0: flavors, man. You can't beat that. Yeah, I can respect that's that right. for sure. Um, and we already kind of asked this, what's your dream hunt?
3: Moose, Alaskan moose.
0: I I'd have to agree with you there. Um, your favorite tree stand snack?
3: No, gosh, y'all. Yeah, if y'all follow me on Instagram, you know that. I got, I got more like a top five, but I guess my go-to. It's hard to beat um, be a. <laughs> oh, <yes, laughs> it's hard to beat oatmeal cream pie.
1: Oh yeah. It's hard to beat
2: that in the tree stand or not. That's hard to beat that all, all right. around. That's a good
0: answer. <laughs> right. Um. If you could pick one superhero power, what would it be?
1: yeah, oh, you
3: know, I'd, I'd Superman. Probably just fly around. <laughs> you know how much easier scouting would be. <laughs> yeah.
1: no. just w- to be
4: Superman. Yeah, no, you just you
0: hover can, over him? You wouldn't need a hunt stand app. You, I'm just gonna hover over no. my ground real quick.
4: You wouldn't, you, even need to, need uh, you wouldn't even need a stand in that bag. You just no, you just yeah, him. you
3: just see him. You just fly up to him and hear
2: him. Hey, and if that deer busts you, you know you just you, you go around the planet a couple times, turn back time, and you get a second shot at him. You know what right. he's gonna do?
1: <laughs> I'd
0: fly into my neighbor's property and spook all the deer off it, and then fly out back into my stand. Hey, you're not
2: trespasser if you're not on the ground. Is that right? Is that legal? That's don't, right, don't...
1: man.
0: Um, fixed or mechanical broadheads?
3: Mechanical.
0: Um, face paint, face mask, or none.
3: Face paint.
0: Okay, this last one's kind of a dumb question, but uh, you're married, so it doesn't matter anyway. Date with a supermodel or 500 acres of hunting ground for a weekend?
3: Don't tell my wife, but... uh, (laughs) uh, uh, Now, say that again. He's cutting out just a little. You said a supermodel for a weekend or or 500 acres. Yep, yep. A supermodel
2: for a whole weekend. All right, yeah, I like that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
3: Since I'm married, let's go with the uh, let's go with the safe answer of uh, the 500 acres in Southern Island. All right, Stick
2: all right. around for the real answer. The bonus no. getting <laughs> <laughs> The
0: bonus content after the show.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, go ahead and plug your guys' social media. Highly recommend following you guys online to all our listeners because it uh, it's entertaining and it will make you jealous all at the same time.
3: Well, you know we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Um, just the Lindsay way on Snapchat, you know backslash the Lindsay way on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's pretty simple, and you know we got our website lindsayway dot com where we try to do a few updates here and there, so but the best places the best place is facebook and Instagram
0: awesome, and I'll link all that into the description of the episode and also your guys' website um when, where can they watch the Lindsay way?
3: Lindsay way is on the sportsman's channel or 10 30 eastern it's on 2 p.m eastern and 10 on, 30 eastern on saturday 2 p.m eastern on monday and about three other spots in between there and after the first of the year we'll be on my outdoor tv and i uh, will also have dvds out in time for the holidays
0: awesome, awesome. i was just awesome. going to bring up the my outdoor tv thing because I, I know i talked to you on the phone i'm like man i can't wait till that gets on there so i'm really looking forward to that Yeah, you're going to binge watch yeah, I will. I definitely will. I travel for work, so I'll be binge watching binge watching in a hotel somewhere in nowhere Canada, I'm sure.
3: Awesome, man. Well, that's that's better Then you can kind of, you know, that's one thing bad about certain hunt, or certain shows on TV if you have to wait every week. Well, not with my outdoor TV.
0: The future of hunting television is here, and it's a beautiful beautiful Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Um, and I honestly think it's going to make hunting shows more popular because you know guys can like it's like netflix you get obsessed with the show and you just can't wait for the next season to get on netflix yeah,
4: you binge watch it for 26 hours yeah everyone
0: will be doing the same thing with the Lindsay way we'll watch season yeah, through season go, but it's uh yeah i mean thank you so much for coming on the show man we really appreciate it um you guys are awesome we got we already got a Lindsay way sticker right one of the big ones in the background here in the studio just showing for everyone that's coming in studio so they know uh they know we like you guys when they come in. so oh, They
2: know hats. we like seeing big deer getting killed.
3: Yep. All right. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me on my I'm show. Just, I'm just a blessed redneck having fun, and I don't deserve it, but I'm having, having the time of my life, and, and, and thanks again.
0: Yeah, stick around on the phone real quick. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, Eric, Steve, you guys want to add anything real quick? No, just thanks, Jeff. I mean,
2: yeah, we we appreciate you taking a little bit of time out of your day to you know help uh, help us you know do a podcast, man. We we really appreciate it.
4: I'm glad we've had all these Iowa people on lately. You know, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of so getting I'm kinda getting
2: burned out on Iowa, so we'll we'll go Illinois. We'll
3: yeah, yeah, you more. are trying to su- solely send hints. You know, invite <laughs> me hunting.
0: I think we'll have to get some people from Wisconsin on the podcast or something. uh call, yeah. call it neutral, <laughs> but uh, workingclassbowhunter.com. bowhunter dot com. Guys, it's going to be a good weekend. Jeff Lindsay says so. Get out in the woods. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. You'd think with four of us spread out on a tiny
3: island that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But as I've learned, no matter where I've been, whitetails can be damn tricky.